Hey, Redeem family, thank you so much for joining us for Redeem online message this weekend, the first weekend, I think, of fall, if I if I had that right, which is a big deal because that means in this house, we are officially allowed to have pumpkin scones and pumpkin spice lattes. If you cheated before, that's totally fine. Just in this house, we have a rule that until fall, we can't have those things. But hey, before I begin, I wanna make sure that you saw the uh, announcement about Redeem Church and the future of Redeem Church. It's on redeem.church, the top banner you can click there. We are so excited, God is moving, He's placing us in the heart of the city. If you haven't heard the news or you wanna find out more, go to redeem.church and you can read about it on the top banner. But uh, just be in prayer as we move forward as a church. And so, this week, we are starting week two of our sermon series called Rooted. And Rooted is really this sermon series, and we're also doing the course as life groups, but it's really just grounding us in our faith. We're talking about the rhythms and the, ba- and the base principles of the Christian faith. And why this is so important for each of us is that we live in one of the least church counties in the country. And so for us to share our faith and to practice our faith well, to share our faith with the, our friends and coworkers and neighbors, it's so important that we understand and are rooted in our faith and we have a common language on how we talk about our faith with others. We have one of the greatest evangelism opportunities in uh, our day and age. And so I wanna make sure that we are rooted in our faith and that we are grounded, but we also have a common language that we can share with others about our faith. And last week we started with the, the basics, right? Eddie did a fantastic sermon. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, please go back on. It's on Who is God? It's a wonderful sermon. And in our life group, we had great discussion. And there were discussion questions in the Rooted course. And one of the best questions that we had was this, this. What's something that you know to be true about God, but you have a hard time believing? And so we, we asked that question. I talked to several friends as well afterwards. And here's some things that came up. One, forgiveness. Like, I know that God forgives, but it's, it's a hard, I have a hard time believing that he's forgiven me from all my past mistakes. I have a hard time living into that grace. Another one was that he's provider. I know that he provides. I know that he's father. I know that he's Abba but I have a hard time believing that and trusting that he is going to provide in all things. Another one that came up was was that he's always with us. That was a big one for for someone. And I know that he's always there. I know that he's always with us, but I have a hard time really believing that or really understanding that. And then another one came up that, uh, I, have a, I know that he wants to speak to us, but I have a hard time believing or, or I've never experienced that. And I think some people might be there. And so today, that is what we are going to talk about. Today, the, the topic is how God speaks to us. And I'm so excited to dig into this, but I want to talk about when, when I was growing up, this is not something that I contemplated on. I grew up in a small town in Indiana. I, w- I grew up United Methodist, and, uh, and, and I, uh, I, I really had thought a relationship with God was was behavior and reading the Bible. Those were the two things, right? Behavior and reading the Bible. That's how I summed up my relationship with God. And it wasn't until I was really in college that I was really saved. And that's when I leaned into truly having an intimacy with God. But I had major red flags at the same time because I never really experienced a, a place or a gathering where people were hearing 
God's voice or seeking after God in that way. And I had heard stories along the way of, of what that looks like, but I never really experienced like a charismatic gathering like that. And so right after I was saved, I was actually invited to this church in Chicago. Uh, my friends brought me up there and it was a prayer meeting at this church in Chicago. There was like 30 people there. And I walk into the room and, and I kid you not, it was like I was fresh meat at a lion convention. People just came and attacked me. They laid hands on me first and foremost without asking, which was uh, kind of a weird thing for me. At one point, uh, I was told that I was demon-possessed, and they started coming up with random names uh, and asking if that there was a person in my life with that. And just to be completely transparent with you, they were 0 for 4. They were like the back half of the lineup of the Mariners swinging and missing and it was brutal and I know the Mariners are in the playoff run hopefully hopefully they get in there but just swinging and missing uh, and so it was really a hard thing for me I, I had a hard time because I was searching for this intimacy with God and I, I had these people that thought that they were that they were hearing from God but then they were just kind of going after me and it was almost like this race to who could come up with a thing that would that would hit uh, that would kind of connect with me first. And it would really turn me off to it. And so I left, my friend stayed, but I left and I walked around downtown Chicago and I just was praying, God, I, I desire intimacy from you. I desire to hear from you. But that really was hard for me. I didn't understand what was going on. And the Lord spoke to me in a still and quiet voice. And he said, I do speak to you and I will speak to you. But like all things in faith, Sometimes it's just a little deeper than we make it out to be in the church. And so as we look at this question and we look at this, I think that this is an area that many people have church hurt. And that's fine. I want to just say sorry if you've ever been in a situation like that. And when we say how God speaks to us, we want to go deep and we want to hear from the Lord and we want to discern and we want to do this well in a healthy way as a church. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to dive deep into question number two, how does God speak to us? And, and I'm guessing anyone listening on here, there's, there's a ver, kind of a variety of spectrum of where you're at on this. Some of you, this is a daily practice. You feel like you are good. Um, you do this on the regular. You, you, you do listening prayer. And for some of you, maybe you're thinking about that first question. Like, I know that this is true, but I have a hard time believing. Or maybe you've never experienced hearing God's voice. And so I know that there's a variety of people listening to this sermon. But anywhere you are, I want you to hear this, that this is an area that all of us can grow because I believe that we are entering into a new season of ministry, particularly here in the Pacific Northwest, where great fruit is going to come out of this, listening to God on an individual and corporate level. And I believe that us coming together and talking about these things of what is God saying to you? What is he calling you to? I think this is what the future, it's actually what the church used to look like. And I think this is what the church is going to look like now is how is God individually speaking to us and what is he calling us to? And I think that's what we all need to discern together. And like a tapestry, I always bring this example up, but like a tapestry, a tapestry is, is kingdom advance in my, in my head. Each one of us hearing what the Lord has for us. And when we come together, it makes this beautiful tapestry where we can see the kingdom moving and the kingdom advancing. And so that's what I'm really excited to see is that all of us coming together and hearing from the Lord and doing what the Lord calls us to, to 
to be spirit-led and coming together and seeing kingdom advancement. Can I get an amen? So today, we are going to look at that. We are focusing on this, intimate communication with the living God. Intimate communication with the living God. The living God who desires to communicate with you. He so desires to communicate with you. He's actually set it up to communicate with you. And he gave you the tools to be in relationship and to communicate with him. And this is how it was always meant to be. God is relational. God is intimate. Communicating on a deep level is just part of being in relationship in general. And that's true of being in relationship with God. All of our relationships, we have to have deep communication. And so that's no different than our relationship with God. And I, you know, I have advice for a lot of young people. I, I give advice to a lot of young people, high school and college and, and young adults. And, and one of the things that's amazing to me is that they try to solve everything on text, right? They try to solve everything on text. That's kind of how we deal with, with our relationship with God, right? Sometimes, like there's so much that goes on in the, in the communicating on text. There's so many things to read into. You can't really clarify things. There's no facial emotion. There's no deep intimacy in, in text. And sometimes we can relate to God in that. And God is actually desiring us to move off of text when we commun communicate with him, to just shoot kind of our prayers up, to enter into deep relationship with God. And that's sometimes I just think that's how we can handle our faith. We pull out our $1,500 Bible, aka the iPhone. We get the daily verse on version, and we wonder why we feel so disconnected from the Creator because that's where that's all we're doing in our faith. And, and keep in mind, sometimes God can speak through the daily verse on the Bible app. I'm not saying that He can't. But He also desires a deep, intimate communication with us. And for us to be connected in that way with the Creator. And so today, we're going to talk about three things. Our daily practices of intimate communication with God. Two com competing pulls that we are, that's happening to each one of us, no matter where you're at on this journey. And an important concept before we begin. And so I want to start there. To enter into true intimate communication with God, we must understand this concept of the inner being. This concept of the inner being. To enter into true intimate communication with God, it's us connecting our inner being with the God of the universe. You know, this concept shows up multiple places in the Bible. And the best definition that I found on this is that the inner being is the deepest aspect of our human nature, known completely by God. To be contrasted from the outward appearance or public image of a person. It's, it's this, the deepest aspect of us, the deepest point of us. It's true, if we truly desire to have intimate communication with God, we must connect this deep aspect of our human nature, the deepest part of our heart, in our daily lives, in all of our spiritual practices, in all of our daily practices. It's really that, this, this focusing on this deep inner being that we have. And one of the things that's hard is that this takes time and it takes vulnerability and it takes uncomfortableness, but it's so worth it because it's a place that, it, that lo the Lord has complete access to. We know that, but it's this, the deep heart work that is the most holy work. 
I love that line. I actually have a shirt that says it from a friend that bought it, to, bought it for me. That deep heart work, this inner being, the deepest heart work is the most holy work that we can do. So in a word, world of quick fixes, of easy answers, of fast go, 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 we as believers must sacrifice and manage our time to connect this inner being, our inner being, the deepest aspect of our human nature and all that we do with the living God. And Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 tells us this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being. There it is. That he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how deep and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Connecting this, being filled with the measure of all the fullness of God back to the inner being, that the Spirit would would be uh, touching us in that inner being. And Psalm 51.6 tells us this, that God desires truth in his inner being and that it's a place in, in our inner being and that it's a place where secrets and wisdom will be made known to us. So uh, Psalm 51.6, it says, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being and in secret you will make wisdom known to me. And 2 Corinthians 4.16 tells us this, it tells us that we're looking at the wrong things when it comes to our lives. And part of this intimate communication with the Father is renewing us day and by day. So verse 16, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Now, when we fully come to understand, or understand that God desires for us to connect on the, at the innermost being of ourselves, we can start to have this incredible, intimate, deep connection and communication with God. That's where it all begins. It all begins in the heart work that we're going to do. Now, I want you to remember that when we talk about our daily rhythms. You know, we're going to talk about the daily rhythms that we can do, like reading the Bible and prayer, but if we don't understand this concept of really going into our inner being and connecting, then we don't. Then we can miss what God really has in store with for us with all of our rhythm. And so, the, in the rooted book, it talks about a few things that uh, the main ways that God speaks to us. And of course, the first is His Word. Is His Word Hebrews four twelve? For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word is alive and active. The Lord is speaking through his words. And if we engage it correctly, if we engage it correctly, with the, heart, the right heart, it will penetrate us. It will reach down to the deepest levels. It, will, it judges our thoughts and our hearts and our attitude, our heart and our attitudes. And this is where real change comes. When we, when we engage in 
the word of God and we connect it with our innermost being and we engage it and we let it be alive and active. And the psalmist tells us this in Psalm 119. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light into my path. God is clearly speaking through his word. And we gain understanding. We see the right path. It's like honey to our lips. And we, he, he brings clarity to each one of us when we engage his word and we love his word and we connect it in our hearts and our soul. For some of us, that means just reading maybe one verse a day, but really contemplating and thinking on it and allowing it to be alive and active. Maybe it's just reading one chapter. Maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe you're in a season where you are just eating up God's word and that's a good thing. But make sure that we're connecting it to our innermost being, that we're connecting the, letting the word of God penetrate us in our hearts. That's the most important thing on how God speaks to us. You know, this, uh, I have it right here, but this is, the, this is a Bible that my sister gave me. And my sister gave it to me uh, in high school, my graduation, when I was far away from the Lord. And uh, you know that thing, I was like, oh, thank you, Liz, for a Bible. Uh, you know, I was expecting a little bit more for, uh, for my uh, graduation gift. But this is the, one of my most prized possessions. Because I had a, a, a Bible before, of course, and, uh, and, but I never was at a place where I let the living, active Word of God, let God speak to me in my innermost being to connect with Him. And this Bible, once I had that, that God desires an intimate relationship with me, that this Bible started to be active and alive. And so I'm so thankful for this Bible. But it wasn't until I fully committed to connecting an intimate communication with God that His Word began to jump out at me. And so here's my challenge to you. When it comes to the word, slow down, let it guide you, let it penetrate you, let it go to the deepest level like a sword connecting at the innermost being to the word of God. Now, of course, the second one is prayer in the Holy Spirit, right? Prayer in the Holy Spirit. And we talk about this all the time in our, in our if you remember watching our sermon series on the book of John, which was a wonderful uh, the wonderful study that we did, but John 14 through 16 through 17 says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The spirit lives in us and is with us and will be in us in our innermost being. And as we pray and as we enter into intimate communication with God, the Holy Spirit is helping us connect with the living God. You know, Romans 8, 26 through 27, I, I love this verse. It says, in the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words, and he who searches the heart knows that the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When we enter into this intimate prayer, you know, this prayer that we just don't even know have the words, we just groan, you know, the Spirit is there and he's doing the heavy lifting. 
And when, when is the last time that you've been in prayer like this? Like when's the last time that you've really connected your innermost being with God and the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting where we, we have these deep desires and we have, are so in touch with the deep desires of our heart that the Holy Spirit is, is, is doing the heavy lifting and even these groans too deep for words that God hears them because we are in an intimate communication with Him. But if our prayer life is half-hearted, if, if we aren't patient, if we aren't willing to go deep in the places that we, we don't, we, we may not be hearing from the Lord fully. And that's what I found it, is that when we aren't willing to go at this deep level, sometimes it's hard for me to hear from the Lord. And if I'm not patient, if I'm not taking the time, sometimes it's hard for us to hear from the Lord. And, and, and I want to go a little bit deeper on this because there's, I, there, I believe that there's kind of two competing things that are happening that each one of us need to be aware of. And the two competing things are what the Holy Spirit's trying to do and what the evil one is trying to do. And we have to understand that this, that when it comes to us hearing from God, that there is a spiritual battle that each one of us is, is experiencing and it's happening. There is a real spiritual battle happening and it's between it's and, 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 and there's two competing things that are trying to take our attention and and the holy spirit is here and and what the holy spirit's really trying to do is he's convicting and he's counseling and he's communicating and yet the evil one and the schemes of the, of the enemy are this is to distract and to distort and to distance us from God. And so there's two different things happening here. So let's look at the Holy Spirit first. He's convicting, not condemning, but he's convicting us as believers to make sure that we understand what God is trying to do through us and where we are falling short. And so John 16, 8, when he comes, he will prove the world to be, the, to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Through our prayers, Part of this intimacy is to make sure that we understand where we aren't in alignment with what God is trying to do and what's not of God in our lives. It reconnects us. And remember that this innermost being is where truth really happens and it makes us uncomfortable and it it makes it hard. but, But this is where the real heart work, the holy work happens. And sometimes it's, we aren't in that intimate communication with the father because there's a sin disconnect. And the Holy Spirit is really con- con- is here to connect and convict and help us to understand that disconnect. And we have to also al- always remember that the Lord is forgiving and that he is nothing he desires more than that intimate communication with us. And so the Holy Spirit is doing its role to make us align with God in our prayer life and that we are repenting and we are turning away from our sins so that we can have that intimate communication with God. You know, spirit, we had a great conversation at our life group about spiritual maturity. And I was talking about one of the things that's, one, one of the things that's a misnomer is that they, people think that the spiritually mature are those who don't sin. And I said, you know what? It's actually that they understand that they are sinners. And of course, they're, they're working on, uh, on not sinning. But when they sin, they are they're asking forgive, for forgiveness and right away from God. They're asking for forgiveness uh, for other people. They're forgiving other people and they're forgiving themselves. And they're going quickly back into an intimate relationship with God. That's part of the spiritual maturity. It's not that we that any of us are not sinners, 
but it's that. The, the Holy Spirit is convicting us of our sin always. We're asking for forgiveness. We're repenting that sin. And part of the spiritual maturity uh, journey is that we would get to a place where we're repenting and entering back quickly into intimacy with God. You know, point number two is that he counsel, counsels us. John 14, 16 through 17. Again, I will ask the Father and he will give you an advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. This is where that the Lord uh, has sent the Holy Spirit to counsel us, to guide us. When we have a tough life situation, we have a tough decision, when we are in deep communication and intimacy with God, He will always be counseling us. He will always be guiding us along the way. And so this is an opportunity for us that the, the Holy Spirit is convicting us, but He's also counseling us along the way. And the third point, the Holy Spirit is communicating with us. Do we understand that this is part of the, the Spirit, that He gives wisdom and guidance, and we'll see the deep things of God? It says, 1 Corinthians 2.10, These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And John 16.13, uh, it says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit is part of this intimate communication. But we also see that the evil one has plans to keep us from this intimate communication. And every day we find ourselves connecting with the innermost being or we with our innermost being in connecting with God or we find ourselves distracted distorting the, our thoughts and our and truth or choosing, uh, choosing distance because of a lie. So let's go through each one of those. First, let's focus on distracted. We live in an incredible time, right? Have you ever noticed that we live in an incredible time and yet nobody's happy? You know, I was just thinking the other day, I was driving and there is a spot in Lakewood where I lose reception every time. And that's, that's totally fine, but the, the amount of anger and, and frustration that comes up from losing connection, this is only something, what, like 15 years ago that this is a real thing, 20 years ago, but how quickly it can anger me that I don't get access to the outside world at all times. I have one spot in my house that I cannot get reception. And then the other thing is like, just look at, I don't know, for all those Apple people that are there, Look at your screen time. Do you guys get the screen not screen time notifications? How long you've been on your phone on average per day? You know, I'm and I will not say the number, but I'm embarrassed by the number. And if it was if it was giving me like a, uh, a kind of a rating, it would be somewhere between totally addicted to seek medical attention probably because it is so crazy how much time I am on my phone or how many times I've stayed up this week late night a little too late by just watching the next episode of a series that I'm binge watching, right? It's, it's something that is just going to get worse. And we live in an age of distraction. I think the evil one has us exactly where he wants us, where we are distracted because we serve a, tr a true God who is moving, who is speaking to us, but it takes time. And it often takes more time than we think. And so it's one of those things where distraction is a real thing. And so, you know, I gave a challenge a while ago and I'll give a challenge again. Sit and do some listening prayer for 20 minutes a day. 
Just listen to what the Lord has for you. And you will think, I promise you, if you're not in the regular practice of this, you will think after three minutes that you have hit 20 minutes and you have not. And so you will feel even more shame when you look at your screen time and it's pushing that seven hour mark, right? But, and you can't even get 20 minutes of listening prayer, but it's so important for us to understand that we live in the age of distraction and we have to, have to, have to make time and not be distracted because the evil one wants us to be distracted. We have to take time to be patient and expect the Lord to come, often in small, quiet voices. You know, <clears throat> sometimes we, we think that he- hearing from the Lord is going to be this wild, crazy, powerful moment, right? And worship and a loud aha moment, uh, but often it's in the quiet. You know, I was talking to my friend Brendan, and, and he brought up 1 Kings 19 and Elijah, the story here, it says, The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, wherein Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. So many of us want this aha moment. We, we think that hearing from the Lord might just be after a great worship session. We might want to pump up the worship a little louder on the Google Home or the Alexa. Or when we're at church, we think we've got to get these cold chills in this worship experience because that's how the Lord speaks to us. But I'm telling you, He can speak to you that way. But the Lord oftentimes speaks in, to our innermost being. And if we're distracted, if we're distracted, we, we can miss it. And the Lord can't. Uh, the Lord uh, won't have access to us as much as he desires. And sometimes the worries of the wor- world would just distract us, right? Mark four nineteen. it's the parable of the sower and he tells us this, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And that's what, he's, that's what the devil's trying to do, is he's trying to, to de- bring deceit and our desires and our distraction to really keep us from, to, from intimate communication with the Lord. And we also see that Satan is trying to distort things, to get things mixed up in the truth, to question when God is speaking to us, to even help us not believe that we are worthy of the Father speaking to us. That's a real thing. His first words in Genesis 3 are, are this, this thing where he raises the suspicion of truth. He says, Did God say you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? His first words that come up is just to distort the truth. And then we see in John 8, 44, Jesus is talking to people that are coming against him. And he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lie. This is who he is. His very nature is to distort the truth. We have to understand that. That that's what he's trying to do. Not only is he trying to distract us, but he's trying to distort the truth. And he's, he's simply trying to help us to have thoughts that are not real. And God desires intimate communication where the truth is what reigns. And lastly, he's ultimately, he's trying to keep us distant from our faith. And what, he, what it does by that is by his distorting and by distracting, it distance us, distance us 
from the living God. And this is when he works the best. This is when he has accomplished his goal. The evil one, when he has distanced us from our faith. And I don't know where you are, but I sense during this season that there's many of you or some of you that have found that you have distanced from your faith. That the Lord you know is calling you to Him. That He's desiring this intimate communication with you. He's intimate, this intimate time with you. But this has just been a season where you have been distracted or distorted the truth. Or, you, or just because you've been locked up at home too much. That you're outside the body and you have distanced yourself from faith. And so if you're listening to this, I want to tell you that the Jesus has the victory over the devil. And that there's nothing that He can do. That, that, that ultimately the Holy Spirit wins in this battle. But it's us getting into that intimate communication with God, us connecting with the innermost being. Now, the third rhythm, and I want to end here, is that ultimately Jesus and that God desires intimate communication and that that God speaks to us most, uh, speaks to us through each other as well. And so this has been a time where we've been disconnected from the body. But this is so critical for us to understand that God desires for us to be in relationship with him and deep intimacy but also with each other and that he will speak through us to one another he will provide wisdom he will allow us to provide wisdom and counsel to one another proverbs 15:22 it says plans fail for lack of counsel but with many advisors they succeed we get to encourage one another we get to discern together. If, we, if you are facing a major life choice and you don't have people in your life, Christians who can discern with you, who can hear the Lord's voice, then you're missing it, right? It's so important that we get into community, that we connect to the body. Sometimes the Lord gives a word for one another. And this is what we desire as a church, for all of us to be listening to God, to be in the word, to be connected to the Holy Spirit, to be in prayer and to be connected to each other so that God can fully speak, that we can hold each other accountable, that we can hold the schemes of the enemy away from one another, that we can help protect each other, but that ultimately that when all those things are rocking together, that God can speak to us in a powerful, powerful way. I know that there's all kinds of other ways that the Lord speaks through uh, incredible miracles and through incredible, uh, powerful uh, testimonies and powerful ways that the Lord speaks. But the, this, these are the core ways that us as a body will come together and listen to the Lord and reach uh, intimate communication. And, and at its best, if we do this in a non-manipulative way, pouring ourselves out for one another in a healthy way, I promise you it will advance the kingdom and that's the business that we are all in. And, and, and this is what we, we desire, that God desires to speak to each one of us, that he will guide us, that he will counsel us, but it will take time connecting our innermost being with the living God. He gave us the tools to do it. He has the desire to do it. And I just want us to take the next step as a body and really hear what the Lord has for us together. And so that's what I'm going to pray. So will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you come and you speak to us. Lord, during this week, will you speak to us in a fresh, with a fresh wind and a fresh fire? Will you connect to us in our deepest, most intimate level? Lord, in that inner being, will you speak to us, Lord? Will the Holy Spirit who convicts and counsels and guides and communicates, Lord, will you fill us up with your Holy Spirit to hear you more? Lord, Lord, if there's anybody that's going through a hard time, will you just 
comfort them right now? Lord, will you help us as a body connect together? Will you, for some of us that seem like we're aimless right now, will you speak to us and give us a calling and give, it, give us a mission? Tell us how you want us to uniquely advance your kingdom. And as a church, will you speak to each one of us in a, and will you allow us in a healthy way to just, to just be in constant communication with you and with each other, to lift each other up, to encourage one another, and to call us to the next level. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.